God is love. Now, that's not just a quality that God possesses. It's his very nature. What God is, love is. Now, we must not invert that and say that love is God, as was suggested in the 60s. You know, we cannot elevate our concept of love to the role of final authority in life. God defines love. And if we define love as expressed in God and revealed in the Bible, love can be the guiding principle of life. Furthermore, as we noted last week, the fact that God is love explains much of what God has done. Knowing God is love explains why He bothered to create this world and us. It explains the free will He has given to us and the constant care He offers to us. It gives understanding to the fact that He was willing to redeem us and has made possible for us life after death. All of these things are understood once we understand that God is love. But we must come to that understanding. You know, some might suggest that if God is love and love explains everything He has done, we could surely discover His love by simply observing what He has done and continues to do. And that may be possible. But God wasn't satisfied just to act out of love. Even though he is love and all he does is an expression of love, God felt the need to communicate his love to us in a way that could not be misunderstood. He didn't want to take a chance on our misreading what we see in creation and in the world. So God went beyond simply doing loving things. He communicated His love for us through an expression of love that would have to be blind to miss. And in our text for today, John tells of that ultimate expression of love. We're in John, 1 John chapter 4. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Not only do we here learn of that ultimate expression of love, but from his example, we learn how we too must express love. So let's go over the facts as presented here and draw from them an important study on expressing love. By this, the love of God was manifested. God manifested His love. God demonstrated His love. To manifest 
means to make clear. It comes from a root meaning to uncover. God is love. That's his character. But it's not enough for it to just be his character and for him to act as love dictates. It had to be uncovered, made clear, so we would know for certain that God does indeed love us. God didn't assume we would just know of his love. He could have thought, they know I love them. I created them. I provide for them. Look at the world I gave them. Look at the way I bless them. I send the rain and the sun and the seasons. Their fields produce what they need and more. Look at, look at the beauty I added just to make life pleasant. Surely, surely they know I love them. But God knows us too well. He knew that we tend to overlook most expressions of love and focus on the negative. If we see an exception to what we think the rule of love should be, we decide God must not love us. After all, how could a God who is love allow the heartache we discover in life? If God were really love, surely he wouldn't let tragedy strike you know, those horrible acts of love like tornadoes and floods certainly don't express love. Of course, we do tend to forget that it's our sin that brought the curse upon nature in the first place. And it's our poor stewardship of nature that brings upon us many of the ecological tragedies that befall us. But be that as it may, it is easy to overlook the expressions of God's love that surround us and see only the things that call his love into question. So God couldn't rely on creation to show us his heart. He had to demonstrate his love in a way we couldn't misread. He had to make his love crystal clear. He had to leave no room for doubt. He couldn't assume we'd know it. He had to prove it. That's the first lesson we need to learn on expressing love. Never assume someone knows that you love them. Because problems, misunderstandings, and hurt feelings can easily crop up even in loving homes when love is assumed. Husbands, have you ever thought, she knows I love her. I work 40, 50, 60 hours a week to prove it. Look at, look at the house I bought her, I built, the clothes on her back, the car she drives, the food in the refrigerator. I even take her out to eat more often than I can afford. If she can't tell I love her, she's blind. Well, God didn't rely on his providence and care to tell us of his love. He made a special effort to communicate his love. So husbands, when was the last time you made a really special effort to communicate your love to your wife in a language she could understand? And wives, have you ever 
taken for granted the fact that your husband knows you love him? Have you ever thought, I fix his meals, I clean his house, I pick up after him, I bore his children? He knows I love him. Again, God didn't assume we'd know of his love just because he maintains the universe for us. He felt the need to communicate it in no uncertain terms. And it's vital for husbands and wives to communicate their love to one another regularly, to never assume the other just knows it. You know, even if they do, they can forget. And doing one thing that looks unloving can create suspicion on everything else we do. Don't take chances with one another's love. And this is even more important in homes where both work, where both contribute financially to the household, where each can have a sense of independence from the other and there's no distinct division of labor. They're even the traditionally assumed expressions of love, like I provide for you and I keep house for you, are gone. Make sure you express love in ways your spouse can't miss. And do likewise for your children. You know, don't assume they know you love them just because you provide for them. We live in a day when most kids feel everyone owes them something, especially their parents. Most suffer from the I didn't ask to be born syndrome. Make sure your kids know you love them. Leave no room for doubt in their minds. And finally, the same holds true in the family of God. No one should have to wonder if they're really loved. It's easy to assume that a brother or sister knows we love them. After all, we sit by them and shake their hand. It's not enough. It's not enough. We can't let politeness be the only expressions of love that are communicated in the church. We've got to make certain our love is known. We've got to give thought to it and work on it and perhaps even be creative about expressing it. But make sure your expressions of love can't be viewed as simple tokens of love because love gives sacrificially. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. God didn't just give a token of his love. He expressed it in a way that could not be taken lightly. He didn't just give us more sunshine or better crops or a special blessing. He knew if he gave out of his abundance, we'd know it really didn't cost him anything. How many times have we minimized a gift by thinking, it's no sweat off his back? He has more where that came from. If God had just sent tokens of his love, we'd have grabbed them up greedily, but it would have proven nothing to us. 
So God gave sacrificially to prove he really cared. He sent his only begotten son, the only one he has. He gave him up for us to prove his love for us. Now, John's the only one to use the term only begotten. And he uses it to express Jesus' special relationship to his Father and to emphasize the magnitude of God's love. You know, we weren't begotten, at least not by God. We were created. God took dust of the earth and created man in his image. And then he took a rib from man and fashioned part of a man into a woman. Now, he did breathe into us the breath of life, but he didn't take from his own being to create us. God didn't give birth to us, but he did beget a son. A different form of God came from God. A form that would be a unique expression of himself. He then sent his son, fully God and fully man, to dwell among us. To physically live with us, share his love with us, and make possible a personal relationship with us. He then completely cut himself off from his son, showing the lengths to which he would go to make that relationship possible. And that separation caused him great pain. It may have even caused him to shut his eyes. He apparently watched his son hanging on the cross for three hours. But for the last three hours, darkness covered the land. It would appear that God could look no longer, resulting in Jesus crying out, Why hast thou forsaken me? God in the flesh was on a cross. And in doing so, he proved his love for us. How far are we willing to go? Do we just give tokens or do we give sacrificially? You know, I remember my mom kidding about what she called doing her sacrificial bit when giving us something off her plate at mealtime. But she really was. She really was sacrificing. What's your sacrificial bit? How far are you willing to go to make your love known? Are you willing to give up a paycheck or a position or a higher standard of living to be there with the ones you love? Or do you think tokens of love in the form of more stuff will make up for your absence 
God didn't, and neither can we. One more thing. Love doesn't wait. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God didn't wait. He acted. He didn't wait until we loved Him before showing love to us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God could have thought, I'll wait until they deserve my love. I'll wait until they show me love. But love doesn't do that. Love acts first. Love doesn't wait for someone else to act. Love goes right ahead and does what must be done. And love doesn't bargain. I'll do this if you do that. I'll forgive if you forgive. I'll apologize if you apologize. How many couples stay in a standoff for years waiting for the other to initiate the action? God didn't wait for us to act. And he didn't bargain. He simply did what love demanded. And love doesn't demand guarantees. God could have thought, I really don't know if they'll respond to my love. I have no guarantees they'll accept what I'm doing. What if it doesn't make any difference? I might be wasting my son's life. God went right ahead and did what had to be done because love doesn't wait and holds nothing back. That's how God expressed his love. And that's how we are to express love to one another. Beloved, If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God expects us to express our love to one another the same way he expressed his love to us. He demonstrated it. He didn't assume it. He gave sacrificially. He didn't send tokens, and he didn't wait. He did what needed to be done when it needed to be done without guarantees. That is God's love. And that's the kind of love he has for you. He wants you to know it. And he wants you to love others the same way he loves you. But you'll never be able to express his kind of love until you've received it. 
If you've not done so, now, now is the time to embrace that ultimate expression of love. Love that was expressed for you on Calvary.